Durga's Fireside Chat, hosted by Priya Varadarajan. Hello everyone, I'm Priya and I'm part of Durga. Durga is a citizen sector organization that wants to build power and resilience in youth to act against sexual harassment in public spaces and also work towards a gender-just society. Towards this, we do various strategic activities around engaging with youth in various places like colleges, schools, events, online fora and also through active campaigning. To continue with our efforts in engaging with youth through the fireside chat, I will speak to gender justice activists across the country on their activism and inspiration to youth to further the movement. Do listen in, do share your thoughts and do write in to us whenever you have any issues around what you've heard, questions on what you've heard or how you understand issues of gender, gender justice or sexual harassment in public spaces. Meera Vijayan is an independent journalist and writer of Indian origin based in DC. She has contributed to national and international discussions on gender rights and sexual violence in India. Her reportage and essays have appeared in Forbes, The Guardian, Entropy, Folks magazine and other outlets. Hi Meera, lovely to have you back uh, post engage continuing to stay engaged with us on issues that really matter. We're talking about social justice, we're talking about gender justice, we're talking about human rights and a lot more important things that youth should continue to stay engaged on. So thanks a lot for your time once again. Meera The first question that I really want to ask you is uh, could you share a little about your own journey of activism? I think that's a really interesting question Priya and thanks for having me here as part of this podcast. It's really really very important uh, that a lot of young people know that gender-based violence tackling gender-based violence is a continuous everyday activity. And for me it was for me actually, you know, it was a huge learning process because I come from a background of writing i started uh, writing with the news desk in yahoo and i remember seeing these things because the mumbai bomb blast happened that time i sit I'm sitting there behind a computer and doing all this coverage and just right really wondering like how can i like feeling so powerless like understanding i did not know how i could be part of the solution like how i could participate in society first of all i was a new in a new city i'm from chennai i was in bangalore did not know anybody and around 2011 when the anti corruption protests happened i thought okay let me let me go meet people let me go let me go and let me just go be part of a movement let me see how that is and i think that was the first time i really felt exhilarated and i knew that i wasn't alone in wanting to make a change i felt like i was really part of a bigger community and the more i talked to young people there because there were a lot of people from st joseph's there were a lot of people from mount carmel there were a lot of people from all these other colleges and from all these other like you know uh young working young working people who were there and th- that was a time i really thought okay maybe i should be writing about this because that is that is what i've been doing at yahoo i've been working in the news but maybe i should be like deep diving into the social sector and like looking at things then i joined ashoka and through ashoka i got introduced to the social entrepreneurship landscape and i think that the rest is history for me because when i started talking to social entrepreneurs i realized that there's so much that we don't know about our own country there's so many people who are working 
in their own communities, in their own localities, and they're sparking change in their own way. But we don't we don't necessarily know it because we don't go out. We don't often interact with the people in our own communities. And for me, that interaction was what led me towards activism and understanding why activism is so important. And I used every opportunity that came in my way through my job, be it giving talks, be it bringing organizations together, whatever way that I could, I felt like whatever skills that I had, I could use that towards activism. It wasn't necessarily that I had to just give up a full-time job. I hadn't, I didn't have to like, people often make it sound as if activists just come out of nowhere and they have to be angry and they just have to, you know, uh, just fast for like 100 days. No, actually activism is not that. Activism is acting every day. And I think that was what struck me um, in that long journey once I started going to every movement on the ground. Thank you so much, Meera. So while we also we have stereotypes around activism, like you said, we also keep hearing of very stereotypical ways of slotting us as feminists, right? Oh, feminists, they're angry. Feminists, they hate men. Feminists are all about themselves. They hate to wear lipsticks or, you know, anti-bras and all of that. So there are various aspects to it and different people connect to different threads of feminism because the whole idea is so large, right? Yeah. And it's it, the, the pluralism around it is so rich in itself. So which part of feminism or what aspect of feminism does Mira connect with and say that this is why I'm a feminist? Right. For me, you know, in my my views and the kind of feminist that I am has constantly been changing. Um, when I was young, when I was in, in the early 90s, of course, like I went to a boarding school. So a lot of things that I, the, the kind of environment that I grew up in, you do always have to have your survivor mentality on because you do not have, you witness a lot of things firsthand, but you don't have your parents to kind of go to just, you know, and ask them to make sense of things. So a lot of things were kind of me making sense of my own life, me making sense of injustices on my own. And for me, so feminism early on was always at the core. It was always a movement that was looking at social, political and economic rights for women. But then as I like, as I graduated high school and saw the world and kind of went out into college and like ex became more exposed to the city life and kind of meeting all different people from different kinds of classes. For me, I've, I've realized that for a long time, gender has been like very cisgender focused and heteronormative because we were looking always at cisgender women, um, be it whatever class, whatever class, you're always looking at cisgender women. But now we're expanding our understanding to what gender means on what like womanhood actually means. And for me, that is a very interesting aspect because we're not just looking at I mean, we are hearing from LGBTQ voices and we're hearing from all of these other communities, but we are also hearing gender non-binary voices. We are also like hearing from people who are really challenging our concept of gender and womanhood. And for me, that is an aspect of feminism, I think is very refreshing. So it's, it's more like the all encompassing and taking multiple parallel movements and multiple identities together and moving together which is sort of, you know, broadening the scope as well as being more inclusive. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's more inclusive. I, I, I you know, I'll, 
I know the stereotype that this that exists and it exists in various different forms that feminists are always male bashing. And for me like the curious thing about that the what I find amusing about that is the people who always ask why are feminists male bashing never really ask like why were women being treated this way for centuries and centuries and centuries like it really speaks to how what a patriarchal society that we live in that we cannot speak we cannot speak anything which kind of holds men um you know ac- accountable for their actions uh thank you so much meera meera your talk in ted is something that one should listen to not just once but again and again and again because you're speaking from your heart and um so i think taking that as the core with you know personal experiences as well as larger messaging would you want to uh, you know talk about how can we build communities who have resilience who have inherent strength to address gender based violence because gender based violence is the hugest manifestation it hits us on our eye and everywhere around as you know inequity that one faces right because of our gender and violence is the biggest way in which we experience it yeah and communities we feel could be the real strength behind addressing this as well while laws and systems and everything takes their course communities need to stand by us need to stand by survivors so what according to you could be the best way in which we build resilient strong communities to do that i think one way that we should really one way we have really not made much progress is trying to talk to people within our own families and i think that's always been a huge huge challenge for me too because i really feel like if we made progress with the people who are closest to us a lot of we already like intervening at the toughest level because oftentimes what happens with gender based violence is we we recognize it elsewhere we are we are we kind of respond to it when we we respond to it very strongly when it's happening somewhere else but when our own uh, life is in, intertwined and our own the people we love are kind of responsible for the violence that's made it out that is a very difficult thing and you know when i think about the kerala case when i think about when i think about a lot of injustices against and i'm speaking against women primarily here um whether be it dowry be it harassment be it anything the idea that a lot of these young women often reach out to their families but their families do not stand by them that really breaks my heart because i feel like families are the one thing that should be there for you you know whether you're doing whether you're doing right or wrong your family should be like your rock and if you don't have that foundation if you don't have if you don't have that security what security is left and i think um really it it's an idea that i think will bring a stronger civil society because there's a huge generational gap with how we communicate about gender and how our parents generation or grandparents generation communicate about gender but i really do think that there are ways that we can talk and have those intergenerational conversations uh to combat gender based violence and these are people we see every day it's not that we have to go to a talk to see them we speak we speak you can speak to them over dinner you can speak to them at festivals you can speak to them every day while you're having chai like it doesn't matter and i think that is when that is when a lot of change happens without us knowing i think that's very beautifully segued into my next question when you're saying that we need to be talking to a lot of people 
what would your message be particularly to youth because the podcast and our efforts are to be able to uh, continue to stay in touch with youth and message them uh, and drip feed them on messages from experts and activists so what would your message be to youth today on how should they sort of continue to hold values at the core and ensure that they create gender just spaces wherever they go i think one of the things is that not to look at um not to look at any uh my message would be not to look at gender based activism or you know kind of being involved in the movement of in the movement for gender justice or something that's separate from your normal life i feel that it should be very much a part of your life so my message would be whatever talent whatever skills you have use that to your best capability like use that whether it's in college use that whether it's at work ask the right questions start the right conversations and that's the message that i would give because i feel like a people feel powerful when they look at it as a whole big animal like this whole thing that they cannot control but you do have control over your everyday routine you do have control over small things that you go about doing every day and i think it's in those interactions that you can make a difference sure thanks a lot meera i think um, there's a lot while it sounds simple it's not as simple as it is right oh, definitely bunch, not yeah. <laughs> yeah and and that's why i think meticulously continuing to stay with the message and keep talking about it keep listening and doing things around it being connected with people who are involved in the issue all of that matters um to be able to sort of verb this and practice this over a period of time so oh, thank absolutely you so absolutely um the one last thing i would say is priya one thing that young people should definitely do is definitely introspect a lot look at their own actions make sure that they are not enabling such behaviors and to it's often hard to take accountability for one's own self but we should we as a people should definitely keep that in mind as we go about our every day yeah. awesome thank you so, so much for having me thank you so much i mean you've left all of us with that deep thought of introspection right it's something that's very very critical and i think we should do that and maybe start with what i've done today and what are the ramifications of many of my words and actions and then sort of look at it from a larger piece of how have things panned out for others because of what i have done and that in itself can keep us on track keeping our value system at the core so that we are very respectful empathetic and sensitive to other people so that's the biggest takeaway that i've got from uh, you mira and as always it's such a pleasure talking to you and lovely to listen to you particularly durga's fireside chat hosted by priya varadarajan 